It's time for another episode of Espresso Yourself with Chuck. And now, coming to the mic, your host, Mr. Chuck Knapp. I'm very pleased to have 2022 McPherson High graduate Tiana McGill with us today on Espresso Yourself with Chuck. Not only is Tiana a 2022 graduate, she is now a full-time dispatcher with, and you'll have to correct me, I don't know if it's the McPherson Public Safety Office or the McPherson County, you'll have to kind of fill in the details on that, Tiana, when we we get there. But most importantly for us, she is a JAG-K alumnus. So we're really excited to just welcome her to the show and, and dig into her story and her career success. So Tiana, welcome. Hi. Well, so let's just jump in. Tell us a little bit about growing up in McPherson, about um, you know, maybe some of your interests and and then you know how you got to McPherson High and then how you got into the Jag K program. Oh. Um, I think McPherson is honestly a really good place to grow up. I mean, small town, normal. Um, I mean, everyone kind of knows everyone. I've always liked it here. I do want to move to a bigger city at some point, but I think that this is a really good place for me to grow up. Um, how did I get into Jack K? I remember one day, I can't, I think it might've been my counselor. Uh, wanted a meeting and she said she was going to try to get me into this class and I was like what is this I was like I was really weirded out by it at first because I was like what is this class and like why are they picking me to be in it but it ended up being a really good experience definitely helped me a lot um so yeah so in what ways uh did it help you and and when you was it your sophomore year was that yeah okay so uh, you said it helped you a lot. Can you tell us a little bit about where you were as a sophomore? Were I mean, were you getting great grades and loving school? And I mean, tell us a little bit about where you were as a sophomore and then tell us how JAG-K maybe helped you along the ways. And if there are some specifics, that would be great as well. Um, so my sophomore year, I was in a pretty bad place, making some pretty bad choices. Um, I never really showed up to school. I mean, I did, but I skipped a lot of classes. I was always late. Um, and I didn't really like Miss Lecker that year because she was always like, tell me you need to get your grades up and all this stuff. And I didn't like being told what to do. So I was always angry about that. But and then I'm glad she did that because it ended up helping me. Um, so sophomore year was, eh. and then the whole COVID thing happened. Junior year was still kind of a rough patch, but senior year definitely got way better. I mean, Miss Lecker didn't really ever have to tell me, oh, you need to do this, you need to do this, because I was just already on it. I was always at school every day, never late. So I think she definitely helped me a lot. Um, and then with the program, I mean, it's an awesome program. There's really no other classes that help you learn how to do the things that Jag K does. 
I mean, I wouldn't know how to write a resume or a cover letter or anything like that if I wasn't in that class because no other classes really teach that stuff. Um, and then just all the awesome opportunities we got to do with, you know, going to Wichita and all that stuff, going, seeing other uh, JAG kid groups. So, yeah, I, I like the experience. I'm glad that I got picked to be in that class. Great. And just for those who don't know, when you're referencing Miss Lecker, you're talking about Caitlin Lecker, who was your career specialist at McPherson yeah. High. She's now in a different position with JAG K, um, but but certainly an outstanding career specialist when she was there. I want to, if you don't mind, go back to COVID. So what did that, because that touched a lot of people internationally. What what all did you have to do differently at McPherson High during COVID? And how was Ms. Lecker able to continue to stay connected with the class and kind of work around some of the possible restrictions that, that COVID brought? Um, well, when it first started, so what was that, March of 2020? Is that when that was? Um, yes. we could choose to do our work and stuff, but our grades that we had already had before that started wouldn't change. So I didn't do any schoolwork at all. So I basically took what, two or three months off of just school. And then I had that whole summer. Um, and then when we went back, we had a hybrid schedule. So I think it was like, I think it went by last name. I can't quite remember. I think it was a through something. and then whatever, but uh, one group would go in the morning until 12-ish, maybe 11, and then the other half would go to school um, the second half of the day. I was in the second half, which I loved because I got to sleep in, and then everyone went back to school, and then um, Thanksgiving break, then they kept us on Zoom after that for the rest of the semester, and then second semester, wait, Okay, they kept us on Zoom for the rest of the first semester. And then second semester, it was optional if you wanted to go or not. I stayed on Zoom for a while. Miss um, Lecker always made us have our cameras on and everything to make sure we were paying attention. So that was probably a good thing or else I might have been sleeping. <laughs> um, so, I mean, she did a pretty good job. I think every teacher tried their hardest. It was definitely hard for everyone at that point. Um, I can't remember when I, I think I ended up going back to school in February. And then I was kind of getting better with like doing my work and all that stuff, but I still wasn't at the point that I got to my senior year. So. Got it. So over the course of your time in JAG K, you, you mentioned that you got to do some events and, and, or some different things and, and you went to Wichita. Was that for the career development conference? Is that what you were referencing? Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the Career Development Conference, the event you competed in, and just your general thoughts on the event. So at first, it was me and two other girls. Um, we were doing the, I think it was you had to create your own business. Um, business plan, was that it? Yeah, or? yeah it was that. Um, and we ended up not... I can't remember. We didn't make it to the next step up, but there was this other um, 
there was another what would that be called another event or yeah that like they miss liker said we could be in since we didn't make it in our other one so we did that it was i can't remember exactly what it was well, that's but okay. That, I should I should probably know, but <laughs> but that um let us go to Wichita um to what was I think WSU Tech uh, Wichita maybe? State Tech, right? Yeah. Um so we went there, a lot of people. We ended up not winning. We were pretty sad, but I think someone else in our class did make it further. I can't remember exactly who it was. But that was for the one that if you won the whole thing, you got to go to Dallas, I think it was. That's right. So, yeah. What was the experience like, though? So the regional CDC, we have, Jack K has four regions across the state of Kansas. And each region has a regional career development conference where the students are able to compete in events, highlighting the skills that they've learned in the Jack K program. So... You're here in Wichita, Wichita State Tech, and there are a lot of other students from across that part of the state. Were you were you able to visit with other students or did you pretty much kind of stick to the McPherson table or how was just the event generally, notwithstanding the competition and, and you know, that part of it? What did you think of of the event itself? We didn't really, we just kind of stuck to ourselves. Um, I think we did end up talking to a couple people. I remember we talked to a couple career specialists from another group, but I don't think we really ended up talking to any other students very much, but it was pretty cool. It's, it was very organized. Um, they provided us lunch and I mean, the award ceremony was really cool. It's just cool seeing other people, how other people are from other schools. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about other events that that you experienced in JAG K, um, like the INI ceremony, or were there other things, community service projects you did that stand out? I loved when we did community service. Um, sometimes we would go. I remember junior year we helped um, the janitors and stuff uh, set up our gym for graduation. Um, and then we went to the park a couple times, picked up some trash. It's crazy how much trash there is around like the water and stuff. Um, we did a lot of stuff. I can't really remember everything, but we'd go well, play games with the special needs students sometimes. Okay. So. Do you think you saw things that you wouldn't have otherwise seen or experienced were it not for your Jag K experience? Pretty much everything we did, really. I mean, okay. like I said, no other class really does stuff like that in school. So, yeah. Well, and another part of that is is work-based learning experiences. And uh, Ms. Lecker made you all do job shadows. And so you ended up, tell us about your job shadow, what you did, and was that something you got to choose? How, how did that all work out? Why, why did you do that job shadow? Were you excited about doing it? Did you go in thinking that, yes, this may be something I wanted to do or, or 
did you become interested after you did the job shadow? Just tell us everything about that experience. So Miss Licker, the first time I brought it up, I think might've been for the job shadow. Um, my, one of my supervisors is actually really good friends with my mom. And she was always sitting there telling me she wants me to come do that job when I turned 18 forever. She was always on me about it. Um, so I just decided to go do that. Originally, I had wanted to be a flight attendant, but that job shadow, I really liked it. But after doing the job shadow, I still didn't know for sure what I wanted to do. And then, I don't know, one day, I guess a couple months ago, I just woke up and decided I'm going to go do this. So, yeah, I'm, and I'm glad I did. I, I love the job. So did you do so did you do a job shadow with a flight attendant? also or did okay so that was something you were thinking about but then you did the job yeah. shadow with the dispatcher and um was that a full day or how long was the job shadow and and what did you see that really kind of sparked that interest that changed your mind from flight attendant to dispatcher um i think i was there for four hours okay pretty sure we had to be there for at least four hours um Really, I just, they gave me a headset. I sat with one of the girls down there and we tethered our headsets so I could hear everything that she could hear. Um, and I just thought everything was really cool down there. Um, it's it's a pretty cool space to be in. So I was leaning more towards that after I did that. But then I still, we did, I think Miss Lecker got me a Zoom call. Well, the whole class, but it was kind of for me a zoom call with a flight attendant. Um, so then I was kind of leaning more towards that again, but I mean, if I was a flight attendant, I'd have to drive to at least Wichita every day right now, unless I move there, but that's the closest, I mean, big airport near here. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, after I graduated, like I said, my mom's friend was still just texting me about it all the time. She's like, when are you going to come work for me? So yeah. Then I just decided that that was what I wanted to do. So she was a good recruiter, your mom's friend. That sounds yeah. Nice. So tell us about the process of actually becoming a dispatch a dispatcher. What um, what kind of training? Obviously, you listened in on the headset and kind of understood what the calls were like and what information they were trying to gather. But walk us through that process so you could actually be on your own as a dispatcher. So I'm still not on my own yet. I okay. just have a little go, but I can do everything right now. It's just, it takes a long time. But my first day there, um, I was tethered with someone, um, one of my trainers. And then the second day they were like, oh, we're going to put you at your own console up here. And I was like, already I was terrified. So they had me sign into all my stuff at my own console. So I was just kind of sitting there. Um, just like really like listening. Like I, I would pick up on calls if they would answer them and listen, but um, it's just a lot of, you have to know how to multitask. It's sometimes it's really hard understanding like the officers in your ear. I still sometimes have to ask like, what did he just say? But um, I mean, you just have to know how to talk to people. I haven't really been in, I haven't been on the phone yet with a very like hysterical person which I'm very nervous to do that because some people it's 
I mean, the job is a lot more than people think it is, but yeah. So right now, I mean, I talk to officers if they do like a traffic stop or something. Um, I can answer non-emergency lines. So if people want to do, if they want to burn their field out in the country or if someone, if there's a dog running around town, um, I've answered a few 911s, but they haven't really been anything super crazy yet. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a very long process because that's just the basic stuff, but there's really, there's a lot more than people think there is. There's a lot of stuff you have to know how to do. And I mean, I have two trainers and they both tell me that they still kind of learn something new sometimes and they've been working there for years it's just there's so much stuff you never really actually learn everything but yeah and do you have so when did you start how, how many months into this are you um i started november 13th i think it was okay okay um, so do they um do they have a checklist? Um, because golly, especially emergency dispatch or 911, you never know what's going to be happening on the other end. Uh, mm -hmm. And obviously you have to be kind of cool, calm and collected because the other person probably isn't. Um, yes. So uh, what are some of the, um, the tools you have to be able to get the right information and make sure the right people get dispatched and all of that what what does that all look like so there's it kind of is all on you you just have to know which route to take um we have something called protocols and that that gives us all the questions we have to answer or all the questions we have to ask um and you have to read them exact and then we have like, there's just a lot of stuff you can press on the screen. So once you get your code, it'll say you click on recommendations and it'll automatically attach like um, the code will tell you if you need to send fire and EMS or if you need to send fire EMS and the police. Um, so it kind of does it for you, but you also have to know, like I said, which route to take on which questions to ask them and all that stuff. I mean, it's a lot of just quick decision-making, so. So quick decision-making is a skill that you need. Are there other skills that you found helpful in doing this job that that you learned in school or just maybe was a natural ability that, that you can tell it, it's a good thing you have those skills? Um, I mean, I'm very, I'm a very nonchalant person which you kind of need to be, I mean, you need to be able to stay calm, um, just be very attentive. I mean, you can't start freaking out when stuff starts to go south sometimes because sometimes, I mean, I have almost cried before, but I held it in because sometimes like there's certain parts of the day, like I'm on day shift right now, but I'm going to be switching to evenings soon. And evenings is the most chaotic shift there is. It's just like constant crazy stuff happening. So some days um, I work seven to three. So usually all the crazy stuff starts happening. I mean, about right when I'm leaving. So I've been there. I think it might've been last week or the week before a bunch of stuff started happening at once and I was freaking out, but I, I did everything right. No one got hurt. I mean, I sent all the right people to the right places. So 
but it just, it, it can get crazy fast. Like um, most of the time, nothing will happen for like an hour. And then all of a sudden we'll get three nine one ones at the same time. I mean, it's just, you never know. You just always have to be on your toes really. Wow. So do you work for the police department or the sheriff, or is it a combined operation for McPherson County? Yeah, it's sheriffs and um, the PD is together. It's the McPherson Law Enforcement Center. So they're okay. they're all there. Okay, so you might dispatch a police officer or a sheriff, perhaps if it's out in the rural part of the, the county. Yeah, we talked to all of them, and we also dispatch for little towns like Inman, Mound Ridge, Canton, Galva, Lindsburg, Marquette, um, Wyndham. So we take care of our whole county, which people will call sometimes and we'll say like McPherson County Communications, and they'll be like, oh, like I was trying to talk to Inman. And then we have to say like we dispatch for them. So got it. So you, I think you, somewhat answered this. I was going to ask you what what the toughest part has been. And maybe it was that time when you had all these things going on. Um, or maybe there was a, a particular call. Has there been a call thus far that that has really been tougher for you than others? Um, or is there anything like that that sticks out? And you don't have to it's give us details. But. It's always hard for me to think when people ask me that question, because it's so much happens every day. So much crazy stuff happens every day. It's just kind of hard to really remember. Um, I mean, I don't know. There will be times I'll have. I'll have like an officer in my ear saying he's pulling someone over or whatever. And then uh, fire and EMS, they like they don't they can't hear each other so they'll talk at the same time sometimes and it's like you try to you have to like try to hear both of them so I mean one day um there always has to be two people in the room so there's always at least three people when I'm there because I can't be alone yet but so usually um I mean everyone takes there's you can either take fire and EMS you can take uh SO, which is all the sheriffs and then all of the little town officers, or you can take PD, which is just McPherson police. Um, and one day to my trainer and then the other person that was there, their consoles were kind of down. The people that um, our tech people were like in their computers from their office. So I was the only one that really had a console and a bunch started going on. So I was kind of like trying to take care of like everything, like everything by myself. And it was like, I was like, oh my gosh, my trainer was like, you're fine. It's fine. Cause she, she could still answer the phone, but I was having to take care of like all the radio traffic pretty much. But I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. I mean, like you said earlier, you never know what's going to be on the other side of the line. So yeah. What's been the most rewarding part so far of the job? Um, I, it's nice to hear people say they're proud of me because I mean, I've been through, I kind of used to not be the best person ever. So, I mean, when my parents, my family, my friends, my trainers say that they're proud of me, it, it makes me feel good. So. Well, obviously, uh, Jack K, we're all very proud of you. Uh, there's mm -hmm. been 
a newspaper article and, and yeah. anytime anytime a student says Jack K helped them, we're we're obviously pleased by that. Um you had mentioned that you want to maybe move to a larger city someday. Do you still want to do this or do you want to be um, involved in some other way with public safety or you still have some other career goals in mind? I think it would just kind of depend on where I went. I mean, dispatching is definitely different everywhere. If you're, I mean, if you're in LA or something, it's going to be completely different than here. Um, I feel like if I were to move somewhere bigger, then I would want to, I mean, fulfill my interest in being a flight attendant. But I mean, I don't know. I'm, I guess I really just have to wait until I get to that point, see what I want to do. But right now you're pretty pleased with what you're doing and where you are. Yeah. Great. So let's talk a little bit about, and we really appreciate your time. Let's talk about what advice you would give either to your sophomore self or to some other student that may be considering going into the JAG-K program? I would say, don't think your career specialist is mean. They're just trying to help you. <laughs> um, and I mean, really just, just show up and do your work. Um, take risks. I mean, enjoy the program. I feel like if anyone can get to the point or I feel like if I can get to the point that I'm at, then anyone really can, because I was not in a good spot at one point, um, and I came back from it. I mean, I used to be super lazy, but, I mean, look at where I've gotten now. Um, I mean, you just have to live your life one day at a time and just try, really. Just chase your dreams, I guess. Great. Well, Tiana, we appreciate you representing Jag K. Well and for your time today. And we hope you will be part of the Jag K Alumni Association and that you will come back, even if you're in a bigger city somewhere, and share your experiences with future Jag K students. Thanks for watching Espresso Yourself with Chuck. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and get notified of any new episodes of Espresso Yourself with Chuck or other videos with our JAG-K program. Thank you.